Hey, everybody. With the Consumer Technology Association, I'm Tyler Suters. We are the owners, the producers of CES, the largest, the most influential tech event on the planet. We are here to get you CES ready. Yes, already getting you CES ready. We know the big show is still a ways off, January 7th through the 10th, 2020 in Las Vegas. But before then, the focus of today's podcast, CES Asia. This is June 11th through the 13th this summer in Shanghai, China, with a distinct focus on the Asian marketplace. Yes, there are a number of big name tech and auto companies that you'll recognize that exhibit at CES and at CES Asia. But it is distinctly different in terms of the way the show is curated, the way these products and stories are presented, and the way these exhibitors and tech companies address the Asian customer base. So all that is coming up today. First, we'll have a conversation with the CES man on the ground there in Shanghai, John T. Kelly, who is the show director for CES Asia and working feverishly, as you can imagine, to get everything in place for June 11th. Also, backing up the story that every company today needs to be a tech company, another entrant into the health, wellness, and beauty sector who is embracing technology. Remember last year, we had a long conversation with L'Oreal, who has exhibited at CES Las Vegas a number of times, about how technology is driving their business and changing it. Today, we talked to beauty company Newskin. You may recognize their name, but what they're doing is not only unique to them, it's interesting in how they've used this technology to find a strong foothold in the Asian marketplace. All of that is coming up on today's episode of CES Tech Talk. Graciously joining us from Shanghai, China right now, 12 hours opposite of where we sit in Washington, D.C., is John T. Kelly. He is the show director for CES Asia. And John, I'm, I'm not sure whether to say thanks for getting up so early or thanks for staying up so late. I just I know your outside office hours out there. Thank you, Tyler. Um, actually, it is evening time here, so we've had another busy day um, preparing for the show. Uh, the show is approximately two weeks away, so it is crunch time here in Shanghai for our staff as they work to prepare for CES Asia. Well, let's talk about why it's such a crunch for you and the team, John, in that, um, you know, where is the show standing right now in terms of the people you're expecting, the number of tech companies that are going to be on hand exhibiting, uh, just the, the, the depth and breadth of what CES Asia is for 2019? Well, Tyler, this is our fifth show. So we launched the show in 2015, and we've seen explosive growth since then. Um, in fact, total attendance is expected to grow net nearly 20, 75% since 2015, as we're expecting more than 50,000 attendees at this show this year. Um, additionally, our exhibit space has more than tripled since the inaugural show in 2015, and we're actually up 25% of growth over last year. So I think if you were to look at, you know, ask what is one word or one phrase to describe CES Asia over the course of the past years, I think it would be growth. Hmm. Uh, that might describe China overall as well. Uh, so for those folks who haven't yeah, been... Very good point. <laughs> 
for those who haven't been to China, John, I mean, it's you can you can study, you can look at the pictures, you can read articles and and, and do your background certainly. But it's a bit of an experience to be in a, a metropolis like Shanghai or Beijing or take your pick of major cities in China. Um, you know, what is the scene like there on show days? Because there's already so much hustle and bustle and just flat out people in these cities on a regular day, much less a show day. Right. So the convention center we use actually has 17 halls, and we occupy six of them, um, which our first year, five years ago, just to put some context here, we occupied one and a half halls. So again, going back to that growth that I just mentioned, um, you know, during the show days, it can be pretty crowded at this show. Um, 50,000 people across six halls does get fairly crowded. Um, You know, a city of 24 million people um, here in Shanghai, um, everything is crowded. Uh, you're on the subway, it's crowded. You walk down the streets, it's crowded. It's kind of hard to avoid crowds here. But uh, we do a really good job of, of managing people and getting people where they need to be, in the con- which is on the show floor. Um, there's some really exciting technology on the show floor this year. Um, and so our goal is to make sure that our attendees get to spend time on the show floor and interact with that technology. So how does the show floor look different than CES in Las Vegas? That is the touch point for so many of us, right? When you say CES, each of us has an an individual view in mind, a, a, a picture of what we remember or what we expect or what really leapt out at us during this show. Um, what about you? You attend both shows roughly six months apart. Uh, sim- similarities and differences between the two for you? Well, I think that's a very good question. And it's one I get asked a lot. And I think, you know, as we've seen, as CS Asia has grown and we've seen the show grow over the past five years, we're starting to see the two shows, CES in Las Vegas and CS Asia here in Shanghai really complement each other well. So, for instance, um, you know, technologies that are launched or announced at CES Asia, in a short span of six months, we often see that technology progress to see new iterations of it or new applications for that technology. Um, using, for an example, in 2018, the first AI-enabled smartphone was launched at CES in Las Vegas. Six months later at CES Asia, the first AI-enabled television was launched. So you're starting to see, you know, new applications for technology. And I think at the rate at which technology is advancing, six months is a perfect amount of time for a new touch point or a different touch point with the industry. So those in the industry can see that rate at which um, technology is progressing. Mm -hmm. Many of the same exhibitors that you see at CES are also present at CES Asia. So, for instance, the Hisense, the Hires, you know, the Hondas, the Honda, Kia, Mercedes-Benz. Many of those are the same exhibitors that you see at CES in Las Vegas, and oftentimes they will build a booth on a similar scale to what they do in Las Vegas. Um, however, one thing that I think is unique is that 80% of the exhibitors that exhibit here at CES Asia are actually do not exhibit at CES in Las Vegas. So you're seeing new companies. Um, you're seeing new companies um, that are pretty innovative. CES Asia is a curated show, meaning we, um, we review all applications that we receive for booth space. Um, And surprisingly, every year we do reject a fair amount of companies from the show because we don't feel like they're the right fit for CES Asia. So it is somewhat of a curated experience to ensure that we are 
maintaining the same quality and standards that we do at CES in Las Vegas. Well, that's a cool point, John, and, and insightful that, yes, there are dip, different companies involved to a large extent, and, and, and some of the global players, the tech giants uh, or the auto giants, which you could argue are tech giants too, are, are at both shows. But another key change, uh, it, it seems to me, is the fact that this is uh, an exhibition in Asia for the Asian market. And so that means a different means of presentation, a different means of, of emphasizing various product lines or strategic direction for, for companies, right? That The fact that the audience is so different here. Correct. And that, is, that you're all correct when you say that. Um, an example here, using Audi as an example. So Audi actually, last week at a press event that we hosted here in, in China, made an announcement they will be launching a new product at CES Asia specifically aimed at the Chinese marketplace. And many companies follow the same pattern and the same strategy um, in the sense that they have products that they tailor specifically for this marketplace, whether it be the Asian marketplace or specifically for the Chinese marketplace. Um, you know, it goes without saying that the needs of this marketplace are, are different than um, other parts of the world. So as a result of that, many companies adapt their, and change their business, their strategies to better serve the needs of this marketplace. Let's talk about some of the verticals, which maybe you can argue are horizontals too, but across the CES Asia show, John. First and foremost, uh, here is a close tie to CES in Las Vegas, and, and it's emblematic of the entire tech sector right now. That is the growth, the prominence, the emphasis on artificial intelligence, AI at CES Asia. Right. And the, you know, artificial intelligence is you know, one of those technologies that we consider an ingredient technology, meaning it will be implemented in various products and tech, um, that you see throughout the show floor. So, you know, there might be an exhibitor that considers themselves a smart home manufacturer, but, also, but in the end, they're really just showcasing some new application for artificial intelligence. Uh, this year, the artificial intelligence footprint at CES, um, we asked, at CES Asia, we estimate it to be up 25% over last year. Um, and you'll see, you know, new applications in retail, content, digital health, and many more. So it should be a really exciting um, category at CES Asia this year. So one of the topics that, that, that strikes me as a real growth area and emblematic of Asia and the tech scene overall, John, is the startup scene at CES Asia. Uh, I think that CES in Las Vegas is um, Eureka Park with more than 1,000 exhibitors from around the world, right? These startups, these entrepreneurs that are delivering game-breaking, um, you know, life-changing innovations you may or may not recognize, right, when they actually come to market. Um, that's, a, that's a strong narrative, a, a real draw in, in Las Vegas for the show. But now this is becoming a point of emphasis uh, in Shanghai too, right? Correct. Um, we launched what we call Startup Park, which is modeled after Eureka Park at, at CES. Um, we launched that four years ago here at the show. Um, this year, we expect more than 115 exhibitors from seven countries and regions that will be presenting the newest, latest, most innovative technologies on the show floor. Um, some of the organizers, you know, we like CES, you see many country pavilions um, where countries or governments from different countries will organize exhibitors on the CES Asia show floor. Right, so this right. year, um, we're expecting, in addition, in, a, in addition to, you know, obviously there'll be multiple groups organizing Chinese exhibitors, but we're also expecting exhibitors from Switzerland and Norway will be organizing large pavilions on the show floor this year as well. And then uh, another marketplace you've alluded to with, with some of the big names, and you mentioned Mercedes, Audi, 
Hyundai, um, the vehicle technology sector. Uh, every major player is in Las Vegas for CES in the auto sector. And it sounds like we're you're really moving toward the fact that that can be true of, of CES Asia as well. Yeah, that is correct. You know, the automobile story is fantastic at CES Asia. Um, again, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned explosive growth. This is one area that we're just seeing really explosive growth um, with respect to CES Asia. This year, we expect more than 70 exhibitors um, in the auto category will be occupying almost two full halls of automobile technology at CES Asia, in addition to outdoor driving experiences from Inceptio and Audi. Um, we can we feel like we are the largest um, technology trade show in Asia that features the automobile category. So um, it again, it's just it's just really amazing to see how many auto companies or auto suppliers are participating in CES Asia. Mm-hmm. And many do so because they're looking to partner with other tech companies. So you might see a partnership with one of the automobile companies, with an internet company, an automobile company, with more of a mobile company. Um, And I think at its core, that's really what CES Asia is. It's an opportunity to bring different industries together so they can partner, they can discuss new ideas, and really they can learn from one another. Because as we've seen at CES and also now at CES Asia, it's really this convergence of industries um, where Every industry is a tech technology, you know, somehow is affected by technology. And most companies or many companies nowadays consider themselves a technology company in one way or another. All right. All of our faithful CES Tech Talk podcasters are nodding along with you there, John, because, yes, every company is or needs to be a tech company in, in today's business place. Um, what about what's new in 2019? Who has you excited for first-time exhibitors there in Shanghai? Well, we do have many new companies. Um, I think, you know, one new company would be AIways. Denso is another one. Hexagon Manufacturing Intelligence. Hyundai Mobis. Polestar. Sonos. WM Motors. These are all new companies at CES Asia that are choosing to participate in our show because they feel like it is the best opportunity to expose um, the Asian marketplace to their products and technology. Mm -hmm. And another parallel I know with Las Vegas, John, is uh, the keynote scene, the conference sessions, all the programming that go into CES Asia. I find it, when I'm in Las Vegas, challenging sometimes to get to the show floor on a particular day or, or part of a day because the programming is so rich and I can't pull myself out of one room where it's one fascinating conversation after another. Um, what's on tap in, in, in Shanghai this year? Well, correct. I mean, we do have a, you know, our, our conference offerings are pretty extensive this year. So we're offering more than 30-plus conference sessions on topics like AI, vehicle technology, AR, VR, fashion technology. We have a session on sustainable sustainability. Um, we also have a state, uh, conference session this year focused on diversity in the workplace. So it's a very diverse, robust um, conference um, amount of conference program that we have at CES Asia this year. Um, and you mentioned keynotes. So we have announced five keynotes to date, um, Huawei, Hyundai, Wacom, Horizon Robotics, and Audi. So These companies will be sending senior executives to CES Asia to make major keynote announcements, uh, highlight new products, partnerships, et cetera, similar to how the keynotes at CES are run. All right, John, before I let you go, what's availability like for folks who want to get to this show? I know the window is closing, but the window is still open right now to register and get there, right? That is correct. So registration will be open through the show. So from now until June 10th, you can register 
um, on our website, CESAsia.com, or through our WeChat page, um, which is very popular here in China. Um, we actually are offering a discounted registration fee of 50 RMB. So that's approximately eight US dollars, um, which is not much money. Um, and then, then at the um, on site fee will kick in on, on June 10th of 100 RMB, or approximately $16. John Kelly is a busy man right now, no matter what time it is where you are listening in the world. He is the show director for CES Asia in Shanghai, China. John, one more time. The show dates are? June 11th through the 13th, and we hope to see all of you in Shanghai. All right, John. I'm a little rusty from my last trip to China, but xie xie ni. Ah, I came close. All right. Thanks again, John. Have a great show. Thank you, Tyler. Rich Wood is CEO of NuSkin, a company you probably know well, but may not think of as a tech company precisely. Rich, good to have you with us from Utah. I'd imagine the weather is just gorgeous out there right now. Thank you very much, and it is a beautiful spring here in Utah. Yeah, never run out of beautiful views out there. Um, as I said, a lot of people know NuSkin. A lot of you know. Uh, a lot of people know you in the health and wellness and beauty sector. Maybe not so much as a technology company, but heck, we love to say it around CES. Every company today is or needs to be a technology company. And clearly, you and your team agree. Well, we totally agree with that. I'm fairly new CEO, uh, two years in from uh, becoming the CEO after being the CFO for about 15 years. And we feel very strongly that the companies who are really going to win and be successful going forward are those who are going to implement technology top to bottom in their companies. So, what does that look like at NewSkin? If you would, just give us a bit of an overview of, of where the company is right now, two years in, in, into your tenure as CEO, and how that element of technology is not just becoming a pillar, but uh, an overall ingredient in who and what NewSkin is. We developed a strategy of how to really uh, drive our business forward through customer growth. And, and as we look at our customer growth, it really happens in three ways. We call it our platform, our product, and our program approach to uh, touching customers and bringing more customers to enjoy our products. As we talk about our platform, it really is utilizing social selling and technology to make a better customer experience and expand our reach of our sales leaders to, to be able to connect with more customers. From a product side, we have a, a platform of devices, we, we call them our beauty devices, which we utilize to deliver ingredients in a way that improve the experience and the efficacy, the efficacy of our products. So technology plays a key role in that. On the nutrition side, we focused on technology to help us develop an ingredient that's pure, clean, and sustainable. And we will be highlighting this at CES, but it's uh, indoor growing technology, which allows us to utilize uh, much less space, much less water and resource to develop a higher uh, efficiency ingredient that's clean, pure, and has no 
pesticide or herbicide. So that's really the product front. And then I would say on the program front, it's all about how we reward and recognize our sales leaders for their success. And utilizing technology in that aspect is core to our, our ability to be successful. So it really does, as you mentioned, I think, flow through each aspect of our business and form essentially the foundation of how we uh, generate our strategy going forward. So I want to jump back to that sustainability angle in just a moment, Rich. But first, the product overall. Um, what are some examples, or even just one really sound example, of a new skin product, one of the one of the benchmarks, right? One of the real traditional products you've always had or you think of as a, as a sales leader, and a means in which technology might be enhancing that. Yeah, we have uh, always focused on, you know, the name of the brand is New Skin, which is a personal care brand that we started back in 1984. We've had face care products that have been very, very successful. In the last two years, we launched a product that we call Aluma Spa. It's a cleansing treatment device that uh, you use with, um, with products that go with it to be very effective in cleaning, cleansing, and uh, treating the skin on the face. Uh, it, it has increased the efficiency and enhancement of what would be our normal cleansing lotion on a face. Makes sense. Now, the other element that I just touched on, sustainability, controlled environment agriculture. Um, the acronym that, that you all use is CEA. Um, a pretty big name, <laughs> but equated to, to, to some of what you, you started going down the road upon, Rich, which is um, an easier and more sustainable way to get the ingredients you need for your products. It was about three years ago that we started investing in some technology to be able to take the growing, which uh, outdoors has a number of variables that are hard to control, uh, water, uh, light, wind, uh, storms, things like that, and be able to take it indoor where we can control those and, and develop a recipe that gives a seed its perfect day every day and allows it to be consistent and get the same result every single time. Uh, we're now three years into this vision that's probably a long-term 10, 15, 20-year vision, but we're really getting to a point now where we'll start to have products that become available that are produced using the CEA technology. And uh, again, it uses just a fraction of the water and the land resources that are so valuable. Right. Well, especially important to an international company, and uh, in many senses, your market is everywhere. <laughs> but uh, clearly, a specific focus on the Asian markets. Um, why that focus, and and, and how do you achieve that growth, Rich? And then, uh, as a second part of that question, why uh, leverage CES Asia? What are you hoping to get there? Our business in Asia is extremely important to us, making up about 75% of our overall business. It really began in the early 90s when we opened our first Asian market, which was in Hong Kong, uh, followed shortly thereafter in Taiwan, both markets which have been successful for us, but it was really mainland China, which we opened in 2002, and really started to uh, see our business take off in that region. Today, mainland China is our largest market, and uh, greater China, our largest region, making up 33% or more of our sales, and, our, and probably our biggest opportunity for growth going forward. So, a solid strategy for CES Asia, Rich. What about New Skin 
and the CES, CES 2020 in Las Vegas. Uh, the health, the wellness, the beauty sector continues to grow as technology is driving both the, the product side and the consumer side. Um, we all going to see you in Las Vegas in January? We would love to be there, and that is our plan, to continue to build our, both our story, our technology, as well as our um, visibility in terms of what we're doing with technology. So we definitely plan on being in Las Vegas uh, next year with CES. All right. Richwood is CEO of NewSkin, getting ready for a major exhibit at CES Asia in Shanghai coming up June 11th to the 13th. And Rich, look forward to getting to connect in person and talk some BYU Cougars football, I suppose, when we see you in Las Vegas in January. We'll plan on that. Thank you very much for your time. As always, we want you to be CES ready. So here's what you can do. Yes, even this long before CES 2020 kicks off on January 7th in Las Vegas, download the CES app. You can build your personal agenda, find your favorite exhibitors and speakers, and sync it all in real time across your devices. Also, you can subscribe to the CES Tech Talk podcast. That way, you won't miss a single episode as you're gearing up for the 2020 show. Again, that is January 7th through the 10th, CES 2020 in Las Vegas. And a reminder, none of this, nothing about this podcast is possible without our superstars, executive producer, Tina Anthony, and our senior engineer, John Lindsay. You all are the very best. Thank you for joining us. I'm Tyler Suters. Let's talk tech again soon.